Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We bloody told you, didn't we? Scotland beat France at the weekend and we are heading to Cardiff to win the Six Nations. Lads, how are you feeling about that, Alan? Did we tell people that they were going to win? Um, I think so. People have got short memories. Right? We all predicted the loss, I think. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I, rem- I specifically remember thinking about a seven-point loss. Well, it wasn't. So you were wrong, Alan. Come Sunday morning, I did say, and on Saturday, actually, I said to a few people, I've got a feeling based on nothing that we're going to do it. We're going to win. Cool, man. Well, I'm just saying. I think it's interesting. But yeah, we can win the Six Nations. We can be top of the Six Nations by 4.30 on Saturday. Which is all that matters, really. Yeah. Who cares about October? And then it's cancelled. Yeah, it's over. The Halloween massacre. It's all cancelled. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Well, Alan and Matt are here, and you guys have been chatting to us absolutely tons on Twitter. That's Thistle uh, Rugby Pod um, on Instagram, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod. And surprisingly quiet in the mailbag. Nobody comes to the mailbag with good news. They only <laughs> come with deeply emotional gripes yeah. after Scotland have lost. But if you do feel like giving us your longer form thoughts, that is the Thistle Rugby at Gmail. Dot com. So can, lots can we also sorry? Can we also beg for some iTunes reviews as well? Yes, please do. Because they're helpful for us and much appreciated. We have got a growing community. This has been our biggest uh, ever Six Nations by uh, a long, long way in terms of listeners, follows, subscribes, shares. So keep the good work going. There's still imagine this. There's still Scottish rugby fans out there that don't know about us. That's the thing. When I go to Murrayfield and I ask every single person I see, "Have you heard of the Thistle?" And, and they're like, know. is that the one with um, Al Kellick and Mossy? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. The one that's advertising everywhere in Murrayfield. <laughs> it's embarrassing, imagine that. I know. 
Anyway, so please do give us some reviews on iTunes if you can. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking about that big win against France on Sunday and then looking ahead to the trip to Cardiff um, at the weekend on not-so-super-Saturday anymore. Uh, but first, we want to touch a little bit on the news coming out of Edinburgh this week. 17-year-old Jordan Venter is going to be hooking up with Edinburgh at the end of the season, or should I say the end of his school year, because he is joining straight from school in South Africa. Q much discussion about the role of sort of long-term project players in um, Scottish rugby. I think it's our first foray into it from school level outside of the country. I know that Matt and Alan have differing views on this, so I'm just going to sit back and let them fight about it for about five minutes. Matt, do you want to have an opening gambit? I can't actually remember what your view is, so I was going to take the opposite <laughs> side. I never really specifically gave Yeah, exactly. Classic. I just, said I, I just said I disagreed with yours. Oh, on... Okay, well... Well, basically, a few people were complaining about it and saying that it's sort of like... A few people were genuinely saying it's like child labor. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, c- come on. They're going to take good care of him when he comes over to Scotland. Um, to be fair, he's pretty big. He'd be quite a good child laborer. <laughs> one one, one prominent Scottish rugby journalist of a paper of record described it as borderline abusive. I'm sorry, he's coming over to like be a professional rugby athlete. In he's, Edinburgh, for in, God's ex- sake. Exactly. Like... It's not like he's going to build a stadium in Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, but my, he is. maybe he's over to build the new stadium at Edinburgh. Mini Murrayfield. <laughs> They're going to steal his passport as he comes in. Yeah, as you said, he's quite a strong-looking lad. Yeah, no, I'm sure he did an absolutely wonderful job. But my, yeah, sorry. So the point I made in response to uh, this guy was that when Mark Bennett moved to Claremont, no one had a problem with it. And it was never once seen as like taking advantage of an individual. And the same with um, when um, Murder McAndrew went to... Claremont, it was seen as like a great thing for their rugby development. Yeah. And my sort of retort to that specific comparison is that Claremont isn't owned by the French Rugby Union. Yep. And therefore, that decision was made completely separate to whether that would be helpful to the French national side. It was only looked at within the kind of confines of, will this help Claremont? Yeah. Whereas, and whilst I'm sure Scottish rugby would say that this was an Edinburgh decision Obviously, Edinburgh's owned by the SOU, and I guarantee you don't make any decisions without sign-off from the SOU. There is obviously that... There is part of this where he's been brought over because potentially he could play for Scotland in five years. Yeah, exactly. It reflects the new eligibility rules. And I think it's been happening particularly in France, where they've had academies in, um, in the Pacific Islands. Yeah. And I think it was... I read at the weekend that Toulouse have an academy in Chile. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe it's just tapping into like Argentinian and Chilean rugby players. I but uh, yeah, I think there is that kind of... Th- there is a question over whether it's just once again like exploiting loopholes. And it, the longer you extend that residency period, yeah. the younger you're going to bring people over. And I think particularly with Pacific Islanders who sometimes struggle yeah. to settle in places like France and aren't given the right sort of pastoral care, it can lead to issues. Yeah. I think the the other issue more from the SOU perspective is what does it say about the current academy structures and I suppose Super 6 and the ability of those sort of pathways to produce Scottish players. Sure. I guarantee you there is not one 17-year-old boy in Scotland who looks like him. He is a freak of nature. If you've not seen him, you can get onto our Twitter. I think we put it up there. He is an absolute Yeah, I, I agree with that. But then once again, you are 
taking quite a big chance to bring someone over from South Africa who might is only 17 and everyone else might catch up with he might not develop yeah. into as, as you were saying and I would I would almost rather that that chance was taken with someone in yeah as you were saying Scotland. off air though the financial risk that the SRU will have put out on this is surely extremely limited I'd like to think so yeah and if I can't, I think mean, I think Kevin Miller gets a weekly um, shout out on the pod because he's the, the best stats man in Scottish rugby at the moment. His view is that in five years' time, when this guy's hitting twenty two, Glasgow and Edinburgh will have maybe twelve to fourteen centre slots across their squads to fill, and only three of this season's incumbents will be under the age of thirty one. Yeah. So obviously, there's plenty. So he, his view is that there. But that's is, five. That, that's five years time, right? You'd yeah, so like to think that the academies and the Super Six are going to be producing people that are sure but, ready for instead. For so, so there's going to be opportunity for homegrown players as well as you know this one guy. That's not to say that Edinburgh and Glasgow are what not going to sign any foreign centres. No. Yeah, it's not like Edinburgh have gone out and got like three seventeen-year-old South Africans. And yes. They yeah. Start block if someone is good enough to play for Edinburgh Scotland there's going to be opportunities there I do, I do agree this guy's going to be playing for the Ayrshire Bulls next season yeah fine nah, mate, straight, straight international two for <laughs> Stu Mel <laughs> that, I mean if that happens then I'm, I'm totally on board with this signing <laughs> it is an interesting one because it does seem to be a shift in policy from but also like, where's he come from like we missed Kyle Stain who was like a grown man playing <laughs> professional rugby <laughs> Like it was literally his like drunk uncle who told Tuni. Presumably, and then we get he, this yeah, kid. and presumably he's not been picked up by any of the South African. Because why? Why would you come over? Well, it, I think normally, I, uh, he's South Africa in under South Africa, eighteens. Yeah, he plays because he goes to we a lot of weird school names in South Africa. It's like Paul Ruse Gymnasium. Yeah, um, but. I think normally they do like their schools week, and then they all get picked up by whatever yeah, the region week. they're in. But he doesn't actually finish school until December. It it is a bit odd. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's literally gone into his final year in the last month. So it's like someone starting sixth year and then getting signed by Clermont, but then yeah. finishing. Isn't this just the global sort of rugby economy working though? In that the opportunities for a seventeen-year-old South African player, money-wise and possibly rugby-wise. It's a neoliberal agenda. It's a, good, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good opportunity for him. He's got a great chance to come oh, over yeah. here and make, make more money than he would yeah. in yeah, South yeah. Africa and play sure. good rugby. Yeah. Edinburgh top of Conference B is probably, what, probably why he came. <laughs> opportunity to go Rodney Parade. <laughs> the sports ground at Connet. The ones he's been reading about as exactly. he's been growing up playing he, rugby in South Africa. He did Africa. grow up in the same town as Duhan. Ah. So they're like... Well, one yeah, guy like, works. Yeah, exactly. So one absolutely be the next two is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get another one. I, I think they, he, he's from the same time, but they didn't make reference to whether they knew each other. I think it was just like a fact they chucked into the press release. I think I mean, we'd know if they knew each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Six-year age difference between them, really, isn't there? Yeah. No, it's fair. I think you can spin it both ways. Ultimately, I think there's a lot of other issues. So... Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Done. I'm happy to go move with that. On. That seems yeah. fair enough. Let's move well, on. Well, we will, we will watch um, Jordan's uh, progression with interest here at the Thistle. Yeah. Um, and if you do have any views, get in touch with us on Twitter or in the mailbag. Um, should we jump into Scotland, France then? Are we, we're not going to quickly chat, but guess who? We can. <laughs> so 
What was the final poll result? result I just there? looked it up. Um, so this was last week. Alan revealed that he thought during the Scottish national anthem, everyone was shouting "Guess who," not "Gainst who." <laughs> yeah, um, which caused everybody an awful lot of. And you did maintain that a, a lot of people were in the same boat as you. I, I said that I think you will find a healthier. A healthy proportion of people in that ground have currently do or have previously said guess. So we put it to the test. So we put it to the test in the poll on Twitter. It's obviously nationally representative yeah. um, sample on Twitter. Seven point seven percent. Yeah. Of people said that they believed it was guess who. <laughs> Which is pretty big, right? What was the sample size? So that is a total of four thousand nine hundred and twenty-eight people at Murrayfield every time. Shouting guess who? So 5,000, basically. 5,000, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, 5,000 people are shouting guess who. I, I'm telling you, it is widespread. It's not widespread. It is widespread. Mate, bigger percentages than coronavirus, and everyone's <laughs> going fucking mental. <laughs> I personally that's, would that's like to self-isolate from people shouting <laughs> guess who. But then you did, you did have sort of like a, a big percentage, rather than saying... We didn't think it was this. We said, is this a joke? <laughs> what, are you getting at Alan's polling methodology now? <laughs> I am, actually. Well, I think, I think it's, there was actually quite a few people on the thread of where we were discussing what people thought they were saying that kind of showed a little bit of solidarity. I you. know, I know. It was interesting. I was glad to but see how it. Many, but what was the absolute number of people who said that they actually thought that? Do I mean, we remember? It was tiny. Like two. But that's on our Twitter. <laughs> and then, look... I'm, I'm willing to stats. extrapolate that to the whole Murrayfield population. Yeah. I just don't think it's true. All right. Kill well, joy. look, it's nice to have other people there with me in my time. Sure. Room. Yeah. sure. That's nice of you. What do you shout when you're at Murrayfield? Get in touch and let us know if it's <laughs> Guess Who or something else. <laughs> Obviously, um, Scotland were playing on Sunday. We all chanted Guess Who when we were together at Matt's <laughs> on Sunday for yeah. lunchtime. It's Solidarity. Very, I thought it was nice that we all stood arm in arm to sing the national anthem at your flat. Yeah. I, feels th- like I think right everyone should do. do that when they're watching at home. Yeah. It's, very, it's a nice thing. Um, and Scotland ran out uh, victorious. Very exciting afternoon. I can't remember enjoying watching a Scotland game for a wee while. I think probably that, that Scotland-Argentina game in terms yeah, of... in the summer. Yeah. Two summer... Uh, Two that was two summers ago. Yeah, two summers that ago. was when Horn and Hastings absolutely yeah, turned yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think back, think back to maybe the second half of the Scotland England game. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a good, it was a great game, and I think once once that red card came in, I think we were all relatively confident that Scotland were going to be able to see see that game out. Yeah, I was still a wee bit worried because I felt that whenever France got the ball. They were making yards with ease. Yeah. Um, and you just, you, you yeah. never know with them. Like, there can be, there were a few moments of individual brilliance in that team, particularly in attack. Yes. They had a lot more cutting edge and a lot more, actually, they just got over the game line a lot more easy, a lot easier than Scotland did. Well, I guess just looking at the two kind of big incidents, first one, yellow card. For the tip tackle. For the sort of tip tackle, yeah. I know at the time we were a little bit like, "You send him off the field." It, it did yeah. look quite bad, and then yeah, I don't know you sort of take it back. But I think the fact that Paul Williams was initially just going to give a penalty yes. would have been, and that's when I kind of thought like, "It's just going to be a penalty. It's not going to be our day." 
I think we did actually get quite a lot of luck in the end. Um, yes, I think so. I, I think yellow was probably the right decision there. I think you've probably seen them given as red, but I think it was a it was a funny one. If anything, it was almost William says kind of pushing him down to the ground made it a lot yes. worse yeah. than the actual kind of tackle itself. Mm. It's a difficulty once again of a player setting himself into a tackle and not being able to sort of change the direction of his movement and then someone someone else affecting the tackle. Yes, so you're completely committed. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he wasn't trying to drive. Goku's head into the ground. Yes, um, and then the second instant, obviously the uh, the melee. How exciting! And then a Jamie Ritchie's nose getting smeared all over his face. Like um, he's a black belt in judo, though he can deal with this shit. Yeah. He did. I mean, he puts his body in through horrible amounts mm. of uh, of pain during any given game. Yeah, I'd say he arguably got kind of a punch in in, in retaliation. When he pulled the guys to the floor with him. I don't think he was quite reaching to kind of get a contact. But he tried to. So in theory, do you think, in theory, Jamie Ritchie should have got a red card? For for reacting. For punching. I don't think, I don't believe he actually swung properly. When he was on the ground? No. I think, I think he, it's I more... Think he did. I think, do you really? I think he, it wasn't even a swing, it was like a jab. Yeah, it was more of a jab. He was getting. Up. He was sort of getting his face battered into the ground, though. But I don't think. He, I don't think he should be a red card. But I think there is an argument to be said that if a punch constitutes a red card, yeah, he could have been red carded. I mean, judging by the salt being thrown by all the French fans <laughs> at us after oh, the game, mate. how many so French dig, trolls dig, are there? Digging the out French my old school French were... to translate this stuff. It was. Uh, what was the best it one? Was, it was, at, it was least, like, at the end of the day, not like, British yeah. condolences. It's like, at the end of the day, we're French, you're British, lol. Like, <laughs> right, cheers. But ultimately, that, that. that sort of painted the picture for the rest of the game. Um, I've jotted down talking points here. Defense is a talking point. It is, we've conceded four tries over the, sorry, yeah, four tries over the whole tournament. Yeah. Yep. And I thought... I know with your points about France making it over the game line taken into consideration, I thought it was a very impressive Scottish defensive performance again. Yeah, well, I, I think actually that was a deliberate strategy. Um, and I think when Scotland were going into the tackle, they're trying to go in in twos and threes and sort of do that choke tackle because I think they were concerned yeah. about France getting the offloads away. I, I, I think the defence overall, the structure was good. Um and I don't think they were... And they made a lot of tackles compared to France. Yes. A lot more. And I, I can't really remember too many misses, but it was just, a, I think, in that attempt to, to hold players up, it was maybe a bit too passive. Um, yeah. But but then again, it kind of seemed as if they were dealing with DuPont pretty well. Yeah. A few of the runners, a few of the French runners, like Olivon, Vahemina... Main good yard, but someone like Willem, sir, I thought was pretty anonymous. I thought there was an awful lot of individual instances where Scotland were making dominant tackles. I think there's a decent handful of those, and particularly in the first half when they were clearly targeting high to try and force the turnover and stop the offload. That was a pretty effective strategy. Yeah, I thought there was like pockets of dominant tackles, but there was definitely times when France were making yards mm. with quite relative ease. Can every tackle be dominant? No, it can't, but you can also... You can l- stop people at source, right? Yeah. I think ultimately there was definitely mo- there was definitely times in that first half where France were making sort of two, three yards per phase 
without much trouble. Mm. But saying that, there was also moments where you were seeing kind of Gilchrist and Brown doing these big kind of dominant hits. Richie and Watson, as you said, were kind of going high sometimes to try and get that turnover. Um, so I think I think it was good. I'm just not sure it was as great as everyone was making yeah. out. I think a lot. The reason France only scored two tries wasn't was probably more to do with their deficiencies rather than Scotland's defence. Yeah, I'd, I'd also say that Scotland probably benefited from turnovers at key points. Yeah, so I think the, the, the yeah. amount of turnovers that particularly Watson and I'm not sure who would have been second behind him in the stats. I'm tempted to say Richie, but that might just be because he was playing six. Sure. Um, I think they were all affected at quite telling times, like when. Um, Scotland were under the cosh. Dupont sort of ran back into the yeah. ruck, and yeah. Watson turned him over. Um, a few, a few points as well. When Watson, rather than affecting a penalty, just ripped the ball completely off someone as well. Just completely took the momentum out of the out of the French attack. So, I think they were kind of the same in the Italian game as well, right? Won a lot, won a lot of turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. They, that Richie Watson axis. Mm. with Fraser Brown and or, and or Stuart McAnally sort of chipping in from the front row yeah. is really, really effective in terms of on the ground, which mm. is really impressive to see. What do you make of all the comments about Scotland having their grit back? So Rory Sutherland, um, Gilchrist, and then that sort of duo combination of Richie and Watson who just look horribly menacing. Imagine both of them tackling you. That'd be so bad. I mean, yeah, it'd be, it'd be horrific. It's... It's been good because I think whilst obviously, again, Richie and Watson playing well against Italy is always good. It's kind of almost like pretty standard yeah. and you expect expected, it, yeah. right? Um, whereas I actually think both of them were a little bit anonymous and probably and were beaten in the Ireland and England games. So to come up against a French back row, which includes Aldrit, who's potentially like the best player of the Six Nations yeah. so far... Charles Olivon, and then I can't actually remember the sixth name. Uh, Cross or Crow. Yeah. But who have been performing well and to come out on top. And actually, thought Haining played pretty well, to be honest. So, yeah, I agree. So I think it's a pretty pretty great sign. Yeah. I think in terms of sort of, I suppose one of the, the greatest tests of like a rugby team's grit is how they hold up in the scrum. And the scrum has been such a positive. And I, I had said that before that maybe this French team, unlike French teams of old, didn't actually have great scrummagers. Um, but I thought that Sutherland and Fagerson absolutely dominated that yeah, area. Yeah, completely. Like, won a lot of penalty penalties. They're both very handy in the loose as well. Exactly. Really good work rate. You can see them see them doing a lot. Um, I think gave Scotland quite a lot of ball, good ball to work with, which they maybe necessarily didn't actually capitalize on. Um, but I think, yeah, in terms of the you know, the holding up on the, the scrum and actually being dominant in the scrum. That was, you know, that's been a really positive of the tournament. I, d- I don't understand how Rory Sutherland hasn't been. I get that he's had injuries, but he's not like 23 or 24, right? He's 27. He's been around for a long time. Well, yes, but he was late to pro rugby as well because he didn't initially get picked. He played Scotland under 18s yeah. and probably under 20s, but then he initially didn't get like an academy contract okay because he was at Hoik and then he went to Bigger okay and then he went to Gala under George Graham yeah and yeah, that's yeah. when it got picked up by Edinburgh so he's like a late developer right yeah yeah he was I still just, young but I just wonder how he wasn't picked up by the system it's kind of 
you know. I think he was initially a back row at under 18 level. Ah. And maybe it took a bit of time to be like, right, actually, you could be a prop. Because yeah. I played against him when he was playing number eight. Oh, all right, big dog. Well, I'm, he's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now he's an absolute terrifying beast. Yeah, yeah. just moved up to the front row. We so were talking a few things. We talked yeah. a lot about it. I think we talked about it in the first couple of rounds as well. Are you still concerned, despite the three tries that we did score, about Scotland's ability to break down a defence once we get into those sort of key areas? Yeah, I think um, there is there is definitely moments, especially between the twenty twos, when Scotland will do sort of four or five phases, and it doesn't after that doesn't really feel like we've got much to yeah. give. Mm. And it's a little bit static, and I think we really struggle. And then we don't really have that great a kicking game to be able to kind of play that way. Like mm. Hastings is okay, Ali Price is okay, yeah. And then Johnson Harris can't really kick. I thought Hastings kicked well at the weekend. It was one of his better kicking performances. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, it's all right. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I just think there is there is definitely something lacking. From an attacking standpoint, um, and we're almost kind of waiting for either the French to make a mistake or for kind of a, mo- ma- a moment of magic from Hog or someone yeah. else. No, I, I agree. I think it's kind of the same in the Ireland match in particular, maybe a bit in the Italy, that the more Scotland get the ball, the more, more phrases they go through, the less comfortable they look. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's just sort of a lack of direction and attack as to what they're trying to to achieve. Um, I think the other thing that's just been disappointing since the World Cup and, and during the Six Nations is just the lack of inventiveness in the back line. Yeah. Sort of, you, strike you, strike, you know, you don't need to do a strike move off every play, but there were a few instances of Scotland having a scrum in sort of the middle of the pitch or, you know, in between the halfway and the 22. And either not securing the ball um, or just sort of doing something I felt a bit pedestrian, a bit predictable in attack. When you've, yeah. when you've got people like Hogg, Kinghorn, Maitland. Um, Chris Harris. Or maybe Chris Harris. Chris but even, but Chris even like you, you, want, you want Hastings to be taking the ball to the line or you want Hastings to be getting the ball sort of um, at kind of second receiver or some sort of different playoff Johnson. You want to be getting those guys involved and trying to unlock defences. I don't think we're doing that enough at the moment. I do, I do think that there was a huge step up in the sort of clinical finishing of this Scotland team. I think the two tries that were put over for Maitland. Yeah, very I was just going to say that. Under pressure passing and Hastings had a big part to play in both of those. Yeah. yeah. Initially with that, that sort of break, which he does very well on the outside. I love, hip, I love Richie's little... His hips just start... Of, yeah. They sort of flick out. It's really weird. I love Richie's little roll ball in behind Hastings to set up Mainland. Yeah, so it's like confidence to get get in there. First receiver still draws the man. Yeah, two perfect passes. And something that not a lot of people have talked about for the first try: Grant Gilchrist off the deck at scrum half. Too good. Absolutely perfect. Left-hander. He also. um, Who was it that passed it inside to Hastings? Sorry, who was it that passed it inside to Hastings? I can't remember, but Gilchrist once again gave a long pass from that. Oh, did phase. he? Yeah. He's a scrum half at heart. <laughs> absolutely enormous scrum half. <laughs> but that, that one for that try is absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it was encouraging to see that um, 
you know, even like Harris making that was probably like the biggest break in the game, and Scotland eventually I finishing. I say that. the biggest break of his career. Right, it could have been as well. <laughs> Only break in Scotland shirt. We've talked. We've talked. Finishing that. Yeah, I mean, Chris Harris had a very good game. Interestingly, on both sides of the ball, missed four of twelve tackle attempts. Which, if we were saying he got brought in for his defence, isn't a particularly great stat. A man, a few of those were on Vakatawa. Yeah, I did. Actually, no one could was, really tackle There's a few him. times where he sort of slowed Vakatawa down, and then kind of almost like rolled off. And, yeah. Yeah. And then Vakta was sort of taken down, which is almost like a success, right? The thing is, you're not going to come up against many players like Vakatawa in world rugby. Yeah. N- definitely not in Six Nations. Well, Nick, yeah. Nick Tompkins looked pretty good so far. Different type of player, though, isn't he? Against England, he was breaking through quite a lot of tackles. Yeah. But anyway. I do feel a little bit, though, that, again, Harris and Johnson, just back to the point, maybe about a lack of cutting edge. Yeah. I just don't... Th- Again, they try, seem to want to use Johnson either as his battering ram, um, mm. and then Harris just doesn't potentially have that subtlety that a lot of other centres do, yeah. do have. And I think it's kind of impacting some of our sort of attacking game. I think there's a place for those kind of players. You just have to use them as like to soften a defence or as a sort of dummy dummy runner. I just, yeah. it just I just haven't seen you know any kind of inventiveness that you'd think was someone like Gregor Townsend's trademark. Yeah, or something that. Adam Hastings in particular, and having Hogg as a second receiver, kind of would lend itself yeah. to. I think I felt that there was enough. There felt to me that after a few phases, maybe it broke down after five or six, but there was definitely a little bit more structure and attack in that they were setting up lots of dummy runners and certainly the yeah. back row mm-hmm. and Gilchrist and second row. They seemed quite empowered to put in the pass behind, you know, the, yeah. the rugby league lines and things like that, where which is causing people to bite in. I felt that we saw a little bit more of that this weekend. Mm. We're probably being a bit harsh. I was going to say, we beat France 28-17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, mean, we are being quite negative here. Well, I think the kind of narrative around the game from most corners has been that Scotland had this pretty awesome performance. And I think all of us after the game were obviously happy that Scotland won, but actually thought that we left quite a lot. Yeah. I, I, people were like, I Scotland were true. absolutely unbelievable. I don't think we were. Yeah. I think we did very well at capitalising our opportunities and um, professionally beating a side that was down 14 men. Yeah. But I think we could... I just think there's more. That's the thing. It's not yeah. sort of... It's not as if Scotland are playing at their best. Um, I actually think that... I think where Ali Price has had an okay tournament, I I just wonder if there's it's time to refresh things. I just don't think he's... He followed up Chris Harris's break well, to be fair to him. Yep. But I just think his pass isn't as sharp as it could be. And I, he's not really offered much of an attacking threat this Six Nations. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just the way that Townsend wants to use him, wants to play off 10. He's playing against his, if he's picked at the weekend, which we understand there's not going to be huge number of changes. Yeah. He's playing against his, em- his nemesis, Gareth Davis. Nah, because Thomas Williams will be uh, playing. Well, then he's not playing against his nemesis. <laughs> but... Three years ago was yep. the absolute disaster in Cardiff with it was Harris's debut. Was that three years ago? Two years ago. It was only two years ago. Yeah. Oh, actually, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And Ali Price threw that interception. Yes. I don't we did say he'd never do it again. I think he did it again for Glasgow, but I think yeah. He, yeah. I don't think he'll ever do that again for Scotland. Okay. See you in a week. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the one bit the one thing about Adam Hastings, and I feel like I'm being incredibly harsh to Adam Hastings after what was you know, 
a relatively good game is <coughs> he rushes up a lot in defence and misses and a lot he of mu- Have you got stats of him? He must have missed quite a few. He missed eight of 16. Eight? Yeah. And he, A, was offside literally all the time during that <laughs> game, which he didn't get picked up on and that's fine. But he does that rush up and he was just getting brushed off quite a few times. And- but I think he was kind of one of the victims of that deliberate sort deliberate sort of high tackling the lot yeah, of times he's yeah, going yeah. in but mm. you know when you're against a bigger guy you're just going to get brushed off yeah it's uh but yeah no it was good and then obviously back three maitland scored two tries for i think it's the first time he's ever scored two tries for scotland really yeah um and i actually thought hog looked pretty sharp yeah he was looking he was looking really good i do want him to even more get into that like second receiver role yeah. um, because I actually think when we've got the, the best Scotland have ever played is when it was Russell at, uh, and him working together in that little pivot against, against New Zealand, Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it was fan-fucking-tastic yeah, yeah, yeah. and for some reason he just feels like he's just doing a little bit less in that role as the sort of second distributor mm. you've mentioned the forbidden word oh Finn how do you think Finn Russell is feeling <laughs> after round four, round five of the Six Nations? I mean, I think there was, while this whole thing was going along, there's rumours that sort of the camp was divided and that sort of thing. And I think during the Six Nations, I don't think we've seen much evidence of that being the case. I think that everyone seems to have really got behind Adam Hastings. I yeah. think the reaction when Stuart McAnally scored his try... Like they were, that, that was like the happiest I've seen Scotland players in a long, long time. Absolutely delighted that he scored. So, so was he? Yeah, he would be. The ball into yeah, the crowd and he's obviously awesome. had a pretty sort of stressful time recently with rugby. So I think that Finn is maybe sort of thinking. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Maybe I have made a mistake here. I, I, I don't know. But it doesn't this does not look like a broken camp? Now maybe we're reading no. too much into a big win, mm. but you know you win. You have a decent performance against Ireland. Maybe you're unlucky to lose. England's a toss up. You then go to Italy and win. You beat France at home, which is all you can be asked to do. Mm. You're going to Wales on the final day with a, a bit of momentum. And Finn, Finn's gambit, which was essentially I'm not coming back while Gregor's still there in the Sunday times now looks pretty churlish and he's got to come back into camp to a Mm. united group and make the case for him being accepted back in. Yeah. 
Now, on rugby merit, sure, he probably still is a better rugby player than Adam Hastings. In fact, he definitely is. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if sort of when he comes back or if he comes back into camp that he isn't starting right away. Has to earn back the respect. Yeah, I think, and trust I think of the you, group. I think you what, do. What is it? What is it uh, for a national team earning the right to start? Like, what does that mean exactly? Well, if what, you if you come into camp, if you do do things like you maybe apologize or you work extra hard, or so if he works quite, hard quite for, a few things. If he works hard for a week, should he then start ahead of Adam Hastings? Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about like the timing <laughs> timeline of it. Okay, but I guess is that what we're saying is if he comes in and works hard for a set period of time, then he should start ahead of. Well, Adam he probably Hastings. will, right? Because he's yeah, the best yeah, no, player. I think so. Yeah. but I guess it's kind of an interesting. Is like. Is that you just got to prove for a certain period of yeah, time? Yeah, but I think it's that you've yeah. There's, there's a few things going on, but I, I think as well, just from sort of Townsend's perspective as well. Yeah. and he's only doing that right because he wants to drive the best sort of team environment and yeah. culture, and he wants to set standards that everyone has to live up to. I think that he would. It would be likely that Townsend would say to him, "Well, you're on the bench, or yeah, you train well, but we're going to give it." to Adam this week yeah no I mean it'd be really really interesting a when he gets back in the squad how Townsend manages it because as you said I think everyone kind of knows that Finn Russell is still a better 10 than Adam Hastings yeah. at the moment mm. and so it's kind of like what does he have to do and what are his actions that get him to the point that Tooney is comfortable picking him ahead of Adam Hastings who he's put his faith in for this Six Nations and has performed very admirably goes to training so go to training. Go to go to camps. Not apologize to the squad. Not chop wet. Not yeah. chop more. Than Don't two have wets. more than two beers. Yeah. Have two beers. Two steins. And then make a point of being like, Gregor, that's two beers. I'm off. I'm off to bed. That is it. Yeah. Or maybe just have one and be like, I'm not gonna even have. Oh, this that, yeah. see that. See have one. Why did you ask the question? You knew the answer. It's exactly. like growing. To be fair, you did see on a Ben Tamafuna. Yeah. His Instagram today. He had like an Instagram video of him squatting. Yeah, and he squatted. I think I was trying to work it out. It looked around either like maybe like two hundred and twenty kilograms. It's like next to him, Finn Russell was squatting, and I literally think he had seventy kilograms on. <laughs> Genuinely, the difference what? in number of plates is like Ben Tamafuna has got like five plates on each side, and Luke's to have like I don't know. Basically, the two lighter colors that he has was seem it, to be was the this only bar two. bending. It was bar bending must nah, be close to. It was a heavy bar. Um, but yeah, you can just see in the background that Finn's like to his left and also got the squat rack set up. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> just smashing out three sets of five or 70 kgs. And that's fine. Just chill out. Yeah, yeah. Go absolutely. do a bit of break dancing and then like that'll do. Absolutely fine. Um, so he's in the gym. He's working hard. He's working hard. Uh, but no. Yeah, he's kept his head down a little bit since the um, initial. Yeah. It's all, the heat's sort of come off it now. And I yeah. Think, 250 250 yeah I'm trying to find Finn's one do you think it's now we're now in a position left hand side of the video 80 regardless 80 (laughs) 20 and a 10 on each side (laughs) oh my god are we in the stage now where Townsend's safe completely yeah I think Um, we have 100% even if we get 50 put on us at the Millennium Stadium. He's fine. He needed the two wins. Two yep. wins and he's fine. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Wales have obviously got massive injury problems. The secret source has slid into the DMs. He says that bar a couple of niggling injuries, Scotland are going to be unchanged. Do you believe the source now? 
I do. I, I really did not trust him. Like, I thought Nick Hayding and Gant, Grant, Gant, Grant Gilchrist was a step too far, and I was like, yeah. the source is trying to fuck us over. But <laughs> he's come through. The man, the man trust, or woman. Trust, knows, knows trust the oracle. I oh, know. Man or woman. Yeah. Gregor Townsend. Yeah, Person. he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Toonie just <laughs> slipping into our DMs. Um, so we yeah. think Scotland are going to go unchanged off the back of two big wins down to the Millennium Stadium. Injury ravaged Wales. A chance to yeah. actually end, obviously it's a strange tournament, but end a tournament on a high if they win in Wales. Top the table. First win since yeah. 2002. They don't even have to get a bonus point to be top of the table. They literally just have to win. Think about vodka revs in Cardiff. You're going to be there, Alan. Well, yeah, I might be. The guy I'm going with is literally self-isolating for coronavirus. Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> oh, tickets going. Sit, could, with, the, yeah, sit with Alan. Yeah. There could be some spare tickets going. Um, although wow. I might have coronavirus. <laughs> Worth it to see a win? Potentially. It's a, it's a dark path. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I reckon if you offered me a win, a big win in Cardiff... And coronavirus. Would you take it? And a night out in vodka gu- revs guaran- in Cardiff. Guaranteed that you were okay. Guaranteed you that would, I don't you die. Wouldn't, you wouldn't take it because you'd have to go on a night out. So. <laughs> this is when you become the super spreader and they're having to like find everyone who went to vodka revs on Saturday yeah. night in Cardiff to see who, you, who you've been in contact with. <laughs> Drinking cheeky Vimto's in vodka revs exactly. in um, Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably take it. Uh, but no, I think Scotland probably be pretty confident, to be honest. You know, yeah, it's. Um, I saw J- is it J- Jake Balls. Jake Balls out. Is he? Pretend Lee Halfpenny's picked up pretty bad injury. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Wales. I feel like Pivac's weirdly got a lot to play for, but I actually don't think the Welsh team itself will feel like they've got that much to play for. Final game. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I just wonder if Wales, like without Gatland, are just. A genuine like, they, I mean, to be fair to them against England, they don't give up. And yes. Same against France. Yeah. Um, you know they keep keep playing, and they're all they're not they're not having to let up. But yeah, I just think without Gatlin, they just don't have that sort of same um, edge to them. Yeah. Well, they're trying to play a different. They're trying to transition to yeah. a different style. Yeah. But which is more expansive. We'd probably rather play against that Scotland would than yeah, against. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. England or Wales, Welsh teams of sort of the last few years that have just overpowered us, really. Yeah. No, no, that's fair. And I think, yeah, I just kind of think, like, particularly, like, the, the Welsh front row at the moment, I don't think is that strong. I think that Sutherland and Fagerson have been, or particularly Sutherland, like, standout props of the tournament. Yeah. Yep. They'll, be, they'll be wanting to have a go at these guys. Uh, and, yeah, as you say, maybe just that, that win against France all the players would just be super confident you'd like to think yeah no agreed I think you're right in terms of that front five especially with Jake Ball being injured doesn't look that strong so who's going to come in in second row the Adam Beard or bringing Shingler yeah fine Um, and then Parks looks a bit off his game yeah I know what you mean whilst Nick Nick Tompkins in attack is sweet he's missing a lot of it yeah but we're we are only sending Chris Harris down his channel. Chris Harris pammed off Williamson. Yeah. Man pam off whoever the fuck he I wants. Think, I think we're being unduly harsh on Chris Harris. I think he had a good game. Come on. <laughs> no, he did. He did. He, and he seems like such a very nice guy. I know. Guy. I know. And he puts in a good shift, to be fair to him. Uh, I, I mean, Wales are still favourites with the bookies. 
So yeah, seven point favourites. But I think that's about fair. We do regularly shit the bed when we go to Cardiff. Yeah. And again, I've always found it very strange because, and we know we had the conversation with Richie Vernon about it, is because they know these players and they play against Mm. them all the time and they beat them all the time. Yeah, that is true. But then at the same time, like Edinburgh and Glasgow beat Ospreys routinely, but Alan Jones never plays to the Ospreys. Yes, that is true. Um, But but I even think like sort of Alan Jones looked maybe his age a bit against England. It was a very good England side. I but, I can't remember a time where I've felt as confident that Scotland could beat Wales. Oh, Alan! I think I th- I think hopefully sort of the stars are aligning Scot- slightly in Scotland's favour here. Yeah, it does um, feel a little bit that way. The weather's meant to be dry, so shouldn't be any con- concerns down there. Mm. Roof yeah. open, off we go. Nice sort of early kick or two thirty. It's two thirty. Yeah, as it's two fifteen. Oh, is it? Right. Turn up at two thirty. Like fifty minutes in. Um, no, it's. Um, I think it's gonna be. I think it'd be a really. Good, I think it's gonna be a good game as well. So it's it's like, sa- Saturday night, we're top of the table. Yeah, top of the ta- top yeah. of the league until October, and then we might still be. And then um, there was no chance we will be. I just. I'm still holding out. Why, hope did, why are they gonna? In. Why are they gonna play those other games? What's the point? Give it, well, let's just. World rugby, exactly. Two pointers, two pointers all round. Why? Why? This is why. This is Dodson's chance to earn that big bonus. Just comes out massive legal case against the W the World Rugby. So like, yeah, if, can't play. If we were to win with a bonus point, I don't really know how the points work from that. We would get to fifteen, and then if they gave England and France draws against Ireland, then Scotland, England, and France would all be on fifteen points, and as long as we had plus. Two beat Wales by more than two points. Our points difference would be the best. However, I don't know if it then goes what to points difference points? or whether it goes to heads to heads. We would be we would have the most bonus points. So we're looking good. Well, oh we don't my, know what the system is. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't understand why it's no. This is Dodson's three D chess. It'll yeah. all become yeah. clear. Mate, yeah, it's uh, we all we're going to win it. You're petitioning the Remco to double this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> his compensation package. It's very exciting, Alan. You've got a little quiz to see us through, and then we'll finish off with some predictions. I do have a very quick quiz. Um, just, just as a quick one, uh, I'll give you a thing. Who do you think is the only Scotland? Pl- who do you think is the Scotland player who's in the top three for most successful tackles across the whole Six Nations? There's one Scotland player in the top three across all teams. Um. Scott Cummings? No. Um, so it's the highest highest number of tackles or highest so success no, rate? Most successful tackles. Mario Toji has had the most in 74. Bernard LaRue is second on 72. Hold on, hold on. And then there was a guess, yeah. Scotsman in third. And the only Scotsman in the top 10. Uh, Richie. No, it's Hamish Watson. It's Watson. Hamish Watson. Which is interesting because you never really think of him as being like the top of he's the He's got a mad charts. work rate, actually. But I think he got tw- I think he had 21 tackles against France at the weekend. Yeah. Um, and initially, Stuart Hogg is top of meters made. Is he? Which I hadn't really realized. Um, Good lad. So, oh, I've, I've lost the quiz, actually. Oh, here we go. So, um, I'm going to take you back a decade. 
a whole decade to Scotland v Wales at Millennium Stadium. Don't right. know if you remember the game. The horror show. The Shane Williams try yep. at the end. Yeah. Oh, so for Wales to win 31-24. Who were the two Scotland players to be sinbinned in that match? <laughs> I know one of them. Scott Lawson. Scott Lawson? Yeah, he was the one that went off last. I think I know the other one. But I'll give you a shot. Um, I don't think I know it. Was it Goldman? It was Goldman. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Goldman he- also missed when Halfpenny went down the wing. Yeah. Sorry, Phil, friend of the pod. He also got stood up by Shane Williams and like pammed off to the ground and then he passed <laughs> it to Halfpenny. It's like, ah. Uh, uh, what a terrible day. That was a bad day. Can you, 2014 Millennium Stadium... Can you remember the score? Is that the year you and I were there? It was. 53-3. Yeah, we got three on the boards. So he's got 53-3? 55-3. You had to go down two, not up two. Uh, 51-3. Oh my word, that was so bad. Great weekend. A great weekend, but... But... Yes. At least that happened two minutes into the match. And we were like, well... it was over. (laughs) That Before was, we knew it. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> it's fact like Jamie Roberts got two tries that day. Yeah. And it's like and he was like tearing he was like he we was were making Jamie Roberts yeah. look way better than he actually is. I think it's Phillips as well. Yes, it's it was. Annoying person. The the Scotland back live that day though was like actually quite sweet, I think. Well, I'm trying Duncan to Weir not a ten. Duncan Weir was a ten. <laughs> so so yeah. Dunbar was playing though. What? Is it on, on oh, it Dunbar I can't remember. Honourable mention for Duncan Weir's 90 seconds against France. Yep. Yeah. Well, one one tackle, one turnover. And knocked it on. Yeah. So, on Jelly so Baby. sent the guy into last, next week. I thought they could have given him more time. I think 90 seconds is not enough. It's pointless. It is pointless. If We were winning by enough that we were going to win that game. I just don't understand why you wouldn't put someone on for like five minutes. It's quite easy to forget. Yeah. You just you couldn't see it. It's quite small. <laughs> no, I, I wonder, uh, it's probably a stupid point, but whether you're just sort of, oh Christ, you haven't used up all our subs. Yeah, I know. You know. Um, and in fact, who was coach for that, the 51 3 match? 2014. Uh, I'm going to say Scott, Scott Johnson. Johnson. S- Scott Johnson's final game. As Scotland coach <laughs> was us. What was his what was him win record? So we lost fifty one three and Scotland were like, You need a promotion. Uh, You'll be made director of rugby because of what's happened here. Yep. Or you, he came in You are the man to fix this long term yeah, mess. Or he came in and they were like, What the hell's happened? He's like, You need me to be have a more holistic role. He's yeah, like, I'm too exactly. down in the weeds as yeah, coach. He's like, I'm big picture stuff. <laughs> you know what? We're we're the ones who are well, sorry, he's the one who's laughing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that's kind of the quiz done. That was a lovely quiz. That's all right. Nice little trip down memory yeah, lane. People like that, hopefully. Not many, not many great memories at the Millennium Stadium. When did we last win at the Millennium Stadium? 2002. Oh, my God. Tooney was playing then. Oh, my God. That's how long ago it was. That was a long, old time ago. Yeah. Right, until Saturday, though. Until Matt, Saturday. give us your prediction. Let's finish up on some predictions. Uh... I think I think Wales at home are still a bit too strong. So I'm going to say Wales by, but it'd be close, Wales by five. Okay, Alan, come on, give us some positivity. Why not? Uh, I'm going to go, I, I genuinely think that Scotland are going to win this game 
I think that Scotland pack is going to outpack the other pack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and then the, just, just outpack them, guys. <laughs> and then it's I think to winning matches. it's um it's going to be the Stuart Hogg and Blair Kinghorn show. Oh, the Blair Kinghorn show. I think Blair Kinghorn's been very solid, and he is he, old, he is owed a big game. Um, and I think uh, I think this weekend could be it. So I'm going to go for a Scotland win by nine. By nine. Nine. Yeah, I'm going to wow. go going to go for like a twenty nine twenty. But absolutely, oh love my to word! See it. Um, I think it'll be a Scotland win, but slightly less than that. And I think it'll be the Chris Harris show. <laughs> Redemption is spelled Chris Harris this weekend after the uh, his trip to Cardiff two years ago. The only reason I'm actually predicting a loss is because I predicted a loss against France. I'm ah. hoping that you know. That's how the world works, that we'll get away. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that is how You know what I mean? I suppose the, the rogue thing is it, it still might not take place. Yeah, you know. It is Tuesday night. There is a chance that it may not take place. It seems place. like every day there is progressively stuff worse Stuff is getting news. worse. Yeah. Today, a lot of stuff got shut down. Yes. Mm. Um, Italy. Italy got shut down. <laughs> yes. Italy a whole got country. Shut. <laughs> um, and a lot of, basically, what well, basically all sport in like Spain, France, yeah. Italy... And a lot of sport in Germany and Austria. I think the American stuff got stopped as well. Yeah. And then Ireland have ca- cancelled their Euro football, Euro qualifier, which is in like two weeks' time. Just the UK, they're like, just give it a few more days. It's not going to take out yeah. Scotland, Israel at Hampden, is it? <laughs> it probably will. Probably will, won't it? Now, now that Billy Gilmore has turned oh, up. Oh, big Billy. Well, he's in the under-21s, though. Why is he in the under-21s? He's know. starting for Chelsea. I feel, I feel we've like <laughs> felt that we've stopped recording and we're just talking about general shit. I was going to say one last thing. It's a shout-out to our friends in Washington, D.C. Another big win. Oh, yes, the OGs. Another big win for the OGs. The good guys. Rugby Atlanta. Huge. They're second in the Eastern Conference of Major League Rugby. It's got a, very, a, a try of theirs was going, not viral on Twitter, but a few people shared it on Twitter. Coast to coast, very nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I find it really confusing because they play on American yeah. football yeah. pitches. and all It the looks like they're running out. There. Yeah. It's How do so they play? Strange. Oh, it must be so confusing for players. Mm. But anyway, congratulations to the OGs. Um, as ever, it's a standing we. It's a standing request for you to bring us out to uh, DC to watch a game. Yeah, yeah. Please do get us out so. there. Um, to the rest of you who cannot offer us sweet trips to the US, just follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod, and send us some bloody emails. The Thistle Rugby at Gmail dot com. We will be back next week as unofficial Six Nations champions. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.